Thank you for joining us today on the Recovery Executive Podcast. I'm your host, Nick Jaworski. The Recovery Executive Podcast is the only podcast geared towards addiction treatment and behavioral health center executives, owners, and directors. We focus on how to grow your business, grow your admissions, and have a stronger impact. The Recovery Executive Podcast is brought to you by Circle Social Inc., experts in growth and scalable business solutions for addiction treatment and behavioral health. If you need to grow your inquiries, if you need to increase your conversion rates from inquiry to admission, they are who you need to be talking to. You can find them at circlesocialinc.com. Today we are talking about business development. Uh, we are speaking with Lisa Saunders. Lisa Saunders currently works for Foundation Recovery Network as one of the biggest treatment providers in the U.S. She's got very unique experience working for both them as well as Acadia. Uh, we're going to explore with her her role within business development, what she sees as making a successful business development rep, but in particular also what makes her stay in her role. So when we're talking about business development, is it, it, it's an extremely important part of your overall outreach and marketing strategy as a center. 70% of your admissions intakes need to be coming from your referrals. That can be professional referrals or alumni referrals. Now, it's been becoming very difficult in that respect because business development reps are not bringing in what they used to. A year ago, you could see from a good business development rep, 10 or more referrals coming in. Nowadays, you're lucky to get one to three. So a lot of addiction treatment centers are actually laying off their business development rep staff. I think that's absolutely the wrong way to go. You cannot be relying on digital channels and other traditional marketing sources for all of your admissions. A good treatment center is always going to have a strong referral source. The thing is that you're going to have to build stronger relationships. The bad press has had a very negative effect on the space overall, and nobody is going to be able to walk into a university, another treatment center, a therapist's office, and just build a relationship and get referrals. Not to say that doesn't happen. We've seen it happen a number of times. But the reality is for a business development rep to be effective these days, they need about 6 to 12 months to build relationships with people until they trust them enough to start providing referrals. Now what that really means is that you need to hold on to your business development reps and make sure that they're not leaving you before that six to 12 months is up and that they're staying as long as possible. So one of the things I speak with Lisa about is what makes her stay and what has tempted her away from her current role. Because if you're not able to get them in, train them and keep them until you start seeing an ROI on that investment, it's going to become very expensive for you and not profitable. But I'm also going to say and make this prediction that long term, it's not going to be sustainable to rely on outbound marketing and call centers. You're still going to have to build strong relationships with your community, strong relationships with referral partners to make sure that your centers are sustainable long term. Um, as you guys have talked or heard me talk about before, it's all about diversifying your marketing channels and your admissions channels. And if you don't have strong diversification in place, you're liable to close when a channel falls down. And business development reps in particular need to be continuously building multiple relationships. You can't just rely on a single union or a single EAP um, to bring in all of your admissions because there's a point in time where you might lose that relationship, especially if that business development rep leaves. So looking forward to speaking with Lisa. I hope you guys learn a lot about what we should be doing now at this really critical juncture where everyone's kind of struggling to bring their censuses back up and trying to figure out what works and what doesn't. Let's jump in. Hi, Lisa. I really appreciate you coming on the show today. How are you doing? 
I'm doing very well. Thank you for having me. Yeah, absolutely. So very excited for our topic today, talking about you know business development reps. It's definitely um, a topic that a lot of people are discussing these days as things have changed. So can you tell us a little bit about yourself and your role at Foundations? Yes, um, a little bit about myself. Uh, first, I'm a woman in long-term recovery, and I was a teacher for 14 years, and um just some situations that I went through led me to work in this industry. So uh, being in recovery is what actually pushed me into this industry. I had put my uh, teaching certificate in danger, um, and I had some wreckage of my past, and God just shut the door on that particular field for me. I loved it, but this was my next adventure. So I went with it, and it's been very rewarding. It's interesting. Um, I think so many of us find our way into the field based on our past experiences. <laughs> yes, and I had no idea what it was like um, or what was happening. And it's funny, um, I went to a conference called Moments of Change, which my company does put it on, and I didn't know what it was. I remember looking around in shock and awe and thinking, wow, I want to work for this company and I want to work in this industry. And five years later, I'm doing both. <laughs> so yeah. that's, that's kind of my, uh, my little beginning of my story, actually. You know, it's so interesting because I think we get very involved in the field, right? And, you know, once we're in it for a long time, we understand addiction. We understand recovery. We understand what brings people here. We understand, like, enabling and fi- family dynamics. But, you know, we obviously on our end, we run a lot of campaigns. We're in centers a lot of the time. And so many people don't, you know, just like you said, like, I didn't realize this was here. I just didn't realize what this was about. Uh, and we tend to forget that most people, you know, fortunately for them, <laughs> you know, were not yeah. familiar with addiction and recovery before they or someone else, you know, started struggling. Yes. I, I even remember when I went to my first AA meeting long before I had the nudge from the judge. And I'm not ashamed to say this now because my life is so worth living and it's so big and broad and beautiful. But I didn't even understand what an AA meeting was either. I remember thinking, what is going on here? And looking around going, this isn't for me. And, um, you know, not to promote that, but I just, I should just probably, I guess, preface it by saying 12 step meeting. Mm -hmm. But I remember thinking, I have no idea what any of this is, including this whole addiction um, treatment industry. And it's gone through some some tra- crazy changes, but I'm grateful to be a part of it. Absolutely. You know, it's, an, it's a wonderful life. Yeah. Yeah, it is. Right. And it's. It's lovely because you can help so many people. You know, teaching obviously is amazing. I actually taught for a number of years as well. So we have an interesting connection. Did there. you? Yeah. Uh, but there are just so many rewards to teaching and to the recovery space that, you know, you're not going to get in uh, a lot of other fields or industries. So you are on the business development side of things. Um, can you tell us a little bit about your role with uh, Foundations Recovery Network right now? Yes. Um, I am the business development representative for Florida. Now, Foundations is a very large company. They have their main premise is that Foundations Recovery Network is the addiction services division of UHS now, but it didn't start out that way. It started out in in 1995 by the founder who had basically was a dual diagnosed person, and 
it, it was a nonprofit, and they even have, um, I, it, you know, there's some wonderful history behind Foundations Recovery Network, how it started, but it has grown, and it's, you know, they want to be the service leader in true dual diagnosis. And now it does have 13 outpatients all over five states in six residential facilities. And it is, you know, a true co-occurring and mental health um, treatment for, um, for, for people that have all of that. Sure. And we also have one facility that just treats mental health. They do not have to have substance abuse. It's called hmm. the Oaks at La Paloma. I didn't know that. But... Okay. Yes, no, and it's wonderful. I mean, I've been to three out of our six residential facilities, and I'm just blown away by how wonderful the treatment is. And I have yet to go to the outpatients. I've been to two of the outpatients. But that's our our main uh, primary, um, you, you know, the, the center of the plate, if you will. Mm. But they do have a conference side. They have an advocacy side. They also do podcasts. We have live podcasts. We also have Heroes in Recovery. So there's so much going on with this network. And I, it's just so exciting to keep learning because I've only been on staff for, for two months. But, you know, they have a lot of their centers are known, like Black Bear Lodge in um, Georgia. And I just got back from Michael's house in California in the canyon. And Talbot Recovery is also owned by us, which has been around for years and years, and that's known as a place where a lot of the professionals go, uh, pilots and doctors, if you will. So it's just very large and very exciting to continue to learn. So I have been blessed to be the Florida marketer. They haven't had a Florida marketer, excuse me, a business development person for um, probably about a year. So I've got a big state. And a big undertaking, but it's a blank slate and very exciting to start doing. So let's talk about that a little bit because, you know, Foundations Recovery Network has locations, you know, kind of across the country. They're based in Tennessee. A big chunk of centers are coming out of Florida, right? They're sending business development reps across the U.S. to try to bring clients to Florida. You're doing the opposite. (laughs) So you're trying to go into Florida and bring clients out of Florida, which is really interesting because there's such an intense level of competition for already, you know, native to Florida centers. So, you know, can you tell us a little bit about that experience and maybe that challenge? Well, yes. I mean, and and I'm not saying that they won't have a facility in Florida down the road because we are a hospital, you know, we're owned by a hospital system. UHS has hundreds and hundreds of hospitals, uh, acute care hospitals all over the country. So there's a, you know, there's a down the road. We, We most likely will have a Florida location, but at this point in time, they don't. And, uh, having a presence down here, has been very important. It just hasn't happened for any length of time. Now we have one of the largest conferences, Moments of Change, and I believe, and this is just my opinion, in the country uh, that happens here. So it just didn't make any sense to not have a representative to call on all areas. South Florida is a big area for this, but I'm also going to go into Central Florida. I've been over in Tampa a little bit. I will go into the north part of Florida. So as the changes occur in this industry, and um, I think some of the changes are wonderful as well, I will um, 
find find uh, valid partners and you know continue to grow the presence of Foundations Recovery Network in all areas of Florida. You know, and we are more known in different parts of the state, or excuse me, country. But um, you know, I think some folks thought that Foundations Recovery Network was just conferences around here, and that that's not necessarily what's going on, although the conferences are wonderful. We've got amazing, amazing dual, true dual diagnosis um, that's even written up in SAMHSA. And, you know, they, they talk about we've got the DDCAT and we're really truly the gold standard for real true dual diagnosis, which has been something that I've been learning too. Uh, they've put me through quite a wonderful six-week training process on all the many things I've been able to learn since I've come aboard. So you've been a business development rep for a number of years. Uh, yes. In terms of kind of, I know you're very new to the, the Florida scene. Uh, what has been a response, you know, because there's, there's business development reps all over the place in Florida, you know, so when you're trying to reach out to people, are they kind of like, oh, it's just another business development rep from addiction treatment center? Or, you know, what do you see as people's response to your outreach? Um, I could. I didn't hear the last part you said. You, you asked that I'd been a business development rep when I'm reaching out to people. What What's the response of what? Yeah, what's the response to you? So there's a lot of business development reps in Florida, right? From the sure. 2,000 treatment centers down there. <laughs> so, yes, there you know, is quite a few. How do they respond to you? Are they like, oh, it's just another business development rep from another addiction treatment center? Or, you know, kind of what's, what's your reaction like? Well, for me, I align myself with folks that I can trust and that are trustworthy and, and I, and I, you know, want to be the same person. I build relationships and that's what it is for me. You know, ultimately it's what's going to be best for the patient. So the people that I know and most folks that know me know that I'm in it, um, for the right reasons. You know, it was, um, it was my recovery that led me into this field. I was not seeking it out. And I have a primary purpose. I help um, folks in my day-to-day life. And I find that the service leaders, people that are really into giving back in their regular life and, you know, not necessarily do they have to be in recovery, but the ones that are truly about serving and helping, um, I find are the ones that do very well in this field. And, And that's really my main motive my main purpose and the people that I come across, if they don't know that about me, then I, you know, then I do try to make that uh, known. Sure. Have so, you always yeah, been when in... I reach out to people, I'm received pretty well, I think. Okay. I'm yeah. hoping. <laughs> <laughs> sure. You'll, you'll find out, right? <laughs> See, I will. I will. I mean, so far so good. And I've been in the field for about five years and you know, I would, I would, I would say that this is my dream job, you know, to work for a company like this is definitely, um, you know, stepping up my game professionally and personally. And have you always been Uh, in business development within the field? When I first started, I started out as a tech for a halfway house years ago. And that was, um, I did that for a few months. It was, you know, definitely enlightening, frontline experience. And then I took a job as an alumni director for about a year, which was, you know, a wonderful learning experience. And I learned um, boundaries (laughs) and I learned, you know, (laughs) it was it was very educational. And, 
you know, I did. I did the best I could do. And and then I was able to start at 12 Oaks and Acadia. And I've been able to go back to Acadia. I'm grateful, so grateful to 12 Oaks. I had a wonderful career there. And I would leave and go to other facilities thinking there was a bigger, better deal. And, and, and it never was. You know, I went to work for other great companies. Um, but I, I just always felt that I needed to go home. And uh, I had a great career with the company I was with for many years, and I'm extremely grateful to them. And it was a wonderful stepping stone into the place that I am now because, like I said, I have a blank canvas and I can, you know, do what I need to and, and help as many people as I can because I now I have, like I said, 13 outpatients all over the country and six residentials, and they do amazing work. So I'd like to explore that a little bit, if you don't mind. Uh, business sure. development reps tend to move around a lot. It, it's actually really common yeah. right within the field. And so something that owners and directors are looking at is how do we get our business development reps to stay? So, you know, can sure. you talk a little bit about what attracts you to a particular center or what are some things that seem to kind of pull you away? Like you said, sometimes you looked and like, oh, maybe there's greener pastures over there. Uh, what should owners and directors be looking at to keep their business development team in place? Yeah, I mean, full transparency is I've been, you know, had a lot of people tell me, you know, one thing that has harmed you is that you have left jobs. And I think one of the best things that has happened to me is that I was able to go back to the same company three times. And that was good because it showed some longevity. And the ones that do, the folks that do hop, um, and, you know, it's, it, it, is, it is common, unfortunately, in this field, but it doesn't help us. Mm-mm. And I'm speaking for myself. It does not, it never helped my credibility because I was warned by many people not to leave. And I thought that, you know, I got, it was me getting in my own way. I thought, well, and there was times that I would leave because I thought that I was going to be able to make more money or it would be a better fit or um, I was going to be able to have it easier. And, you know, the grass is not always greener because having a great program behind me with a good clinical team, and and that's really ultimately what attracted me to foundations years ago and what has uh, brought me to being at a place like this now, I don't, believe that God would have put me in a place like this if I couldn't handle it. And I want to really be in a lot of gratitude that I'm here for a reason and that I can do this job. Hmm. Okay. In terms of, you know, business development reps in general, what are some qualities that you think make a good business development rep? I mean, you already talked about obviously the passion and a personal story. If you have one Um, other qualities that you think are very important. Just being trustworthy to, you know, in a, in a, in a world of mistrust right now, uh, to find people that you can trust or I can trust, excuse me, and um, really building those relationships, aligning myself with industry experts and um, true uh, transparency. And, you know, that's, extremely extremely valuable valuable because this is this is the lives of people we're talking about right no and i mean who am i aligning myself with 
who are my partners? And do what do I know about other people's clinical um, when I do meet with them? You know, you can meet with folks and they'll tell you, like, this is our house and this is our this and this is our that. But what are they telling me about their clinical team? What are they telling me about the work they've done? <laughs> you know, we've got a woman that goes all over the country. Her name is Siobhan Morris, and she's amazing. And she um, does studies upon studies about the outcomes of success at our, at our, at all of our centers. And, you know, that's worth its weight in gold to me that, that they're talking about the success of the people that have gone through their programs. You know, I mean, that's, that's huge. And unfortunately, not everybody's telling us about the success, you know, and they say we have evidence, evidence-based treatment and a hundred percent of our, our folks stay sober. Our patients stay sober. Well, what are you basing that on? Yeah. You know, and I, you know, I like that we, um, we, we want to be the industry leaders in true dual diagnosis. How many places say they're true dual diagnosis when they don't really do that? And the kids are getting, that go to their centers are getting lost, slip through the cracks, and, and, and unfortunately, ultimately, some of them die. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, you're absolutely right. We talk to our clients about it a lot. I can't tell you how many times we'll go in and all of their marketing and their outreach is focused on their lobby or the rooms that they have or their, you know, yoga and Pilates program or organic chefs. And people aren't looking for that anymore. You know, you can still. No, what's the milieu? What's, you know, what are you treating? And I mean, it's fine to have those ancillary services on top of it, but that's not what the real treatment is about it's how am I going to get better if I go to this center what is what doctors do you have I mean how are they going to help me you know what does the client ultimately want they want to get better I just wanted to stop feeling the way I felt you know and 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 being so hopeless yeah that's what a patient really wants I can get a massage not at my treatment center, right. you know? <laughs> no, that's, it's exactly right. And the reality is that, you know, most people have relapsed a couple times. And so they've been through the treatment center process. They know how it works. And they don't care about the bed as much as they care about is, is your clinical team good? Are they going to help me get right. better? And I think the Florida market in particular evolved in a different direction because there was so much going on with patient brokering and these, you know, millennials using their insurance cards as credit cards. Well, a lot of those millennials coming into the programs had no interest in getting better. They were just looking, I mean, I know what I was like as a teenager when I was juicy and I was like, yeah, you're giving me a free room and massages. Yeah. Here's my insurance card, you know, take it. I don't care. You know, I'm not actually trying to recover, but the reality is that now that people are looking for treatment, they're looking for treatment. They're not looking for a spa. Um, so yeah. it's got to be a mindset. I mean, shift. and the system's part of that problem too. And yeah. the, but the but the the real devastating factor of that is, as those drugs are so hard out there, these millennials that are going to treatment thirteen and twenty times, they're not making it back. Mm-hmm. You know, it, this is real, true life and death. You know, and they're thinking they've got the credit card and they can keep swiping. Well, it, it's not the case anymore you know it's this is a devastating situation here and it's killing so many of them yeah and it's you know it's time to 
to really put a stop to it. So I'm grateful to be enmeshed in the community and I do as much advocacy and I'm on um, uh, task forces and standing up for recovery and community. And I mean, that's the best part of, of my life because that really gives me a purpose because even if I didn't have a job in treatment, I would still stand up for recovery. Mm-hmm. Right. You yeah. know, that means something to me because I don't, I, I can't stand by and watch these young people die. Yeah. I can't. Yeah. I am the same way. You know, you have to be involved in not just um, your local community, but I think the whole thing, you know, anti-stigma, I, I get involved in legislation, you know, I know that's not everybody's um, gig, <laughs> but I think the more involved that we are, the the more of an impact we can have. And I, I think we need right. to continue to unite voices and make those differences. Okay. So kind of getting back to the business development piece here a bit, you yes, know, um, in terms of your role, do you have personal goals you put into place or does Foundation Recovery Network put into place certain KPIs or key performance indicators in terms of the amount of cold outreach you do per week, the amount of follow-up, you know, how many people you do face-to-face meetings, that kind of thing? Yes. They, you know, they do have um, goals for us, but my goals are very achievable. And a lot of times, you know, they'll, you know, I, you know, they want me to make appointments. You know, I, I call on current client or excuse me, current, you know, reference. Mm-hmm. And then I, you know, call, call on new, you know, potentials. So, you know, that's how, you know, that's how we work where it's, you know, I, I set up certain appointments a day and then I take time to prospect, which is great too, because Florida is so vast and, you know, the saturation with down here is, um, it's changing, you know, like some of the places that were doing business are not doing business anymore. And I've kind of changed my game. You know, what worked before is not really necessarily working right. anymore. Right. Yeah. yeah. So there's a way of different, you know, I'm, I'm thinking out of the paradigm. I'm thinking differently. A lot of us business development folks are. Well, we're going out of our old comfort zone and doing things a little differently. Yep. And it seems to be working, you know. Absolutely. It, it, we, we, can't, we can't compete with some of the bad practices. And I don't want to try. Because yeah. I know that I'm doing it correctly. And I know that I'm in this job and this field for the right reason so i'm just going to keep you know there's somebody that i respect very much that says chop wood carry water and uh that's what i do i chop wood i carry water and i and i practice principles in all of my affairs which what that means is i i I do the right thing in in every area of my life Mm -hmm. to the best of my ability (laughs) yeah well you know i'm a big believer in you know like warren buffett i do a lot of investment stuff uh and you know he always says you know the one thing that matters most is my reputation you know he's like i don't care about the money that's everything Mm -hmm. especially in this field because once once i lose my reputation um then i might as well get out of it i may as well get out of this field and go into something else because i've seen folks that have made some uh poor decisions and i'm not saying that that I've made the best decisions in every area, but I've seen them and, and I've seen them not be able to come back from it. Mm-hmm. Right. You know, and, and they're good people and reputation is everything in this, in this industry. And, and that's my opinion yeah. on that one. I mm-hmm. mean, it's, it's right. You know, 
marketing businesses is all about trust and people forget that they think marketing and businesses gimmicks and you know copy and you know finding the right adwords campaign in the right area with the right messaging that's not it that's not what builds your business you you build maybe in other industries but we're not selling cars yeah this is people's lives right it's very different um And it depends on if you're in a mature field or an immature field. So, you know, substance abuse treatment was very immature for a long time. And so because it was new, there was gaps in the market and you could go in and just, you know, pull up gimmicky copy and make it work. But that's not the case anymore. The market's becoming more mature, becoming more saturated and competitive. And when you get a competitive industry, you are focused on building trust and reputation. Um, and that's what drives your long-term business results. And it's, it's a different mindset that I think a lot of centers aren't used to yet. Absolutely. So you're talking about doing more creative things within the business development space. Uh, and I'm interested in hearing a little bit more about that because this is something we talk to clients about a lot too, is there's no such thing as plug and play in business, right? You can't say, okay, center Y is doing this. And so if I just do the same thing, it's going to work, right? Like I always give the example of Starbucks. I know exactly where Starbucks markets. I know what their stores look like. I know what coffee they sell. I can't copy Starbucks and then be Starbucks in five years, right? It doesn't work that way. (laughs) You have to find your own paths. You know, there's no plug and play. There's no magic formula. Um, And you've always got to be creative with the changing market. You know, we were just talking to our Facebook rep yesterday and, you know, they see, I mean, they're watching thousands of campaigns, you know, every month. And they're like, well, it changes on a one to a three month basis. The market changes, the demographics changes, what people respond to changes. And that's exactly it. You can't just keep doing the same thing over and over. Uh, you have to find out what works. So in terms of like what you're doing differently, you know, what, what are some strategies that you've seen be more successful um, than maybe what some people have been doing in the past? Well, I have always loved using social media. That's kind of my thing. Hmm. Um, the best thing that's happened to me with working at uh, Foundations Recovery Network is they have such a vast variety of social media opportunity. They do, they have webinars. They, um, they have, you know, with even their web, their live webinars, they have, they, you can get CEUs. Mm-hmm. They have podcasts. They have, um, I mean, it's so vast. So what I've been doing is just utilizing a lot of the amazing, like last week they had something called Takeover Takeover Tuesday, and they asked me to be the second business development rep to be on Takeover Tuesday where they put a little video of me. The first one was our VP, Kathy Froster, who's great. And then they put me, a little video of me all over LinkedIn, and then it pushed pushed everybody to our Instagram page. Mm -hmm. And it was just a little video and it, you know, and it had, you know, and I'm not, yeah, I don't, I'm not big on anonymity for myself. So I talked a little bit about I've struggled and changed. So that was like my tagline on Takeover Tuesday. So, you know, and they do, um, you know, so for me, I've, you know, I'm going to put together around Moments of Change, a CEU event and, you know, maybe business developing with therapists, not so much business to business, you know, mm-hmm. so thinking outside of the box, even though those relationships take a little uh, more time to cultivate, yeah. it's, it's just going and delivering donuts like I, like I used to five sure. years ago, right. that's not working as well, yeah. you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. 
Well, I yeah. mean, are they organic I mean, donuts? Because that's important, no? They sometimes, <laughs> sometimes, I feel, sometimes not. Sure, got to be organic, gluten-free, you know. Uh, no, you're absolutely right. I, I love that. You know, social media is big, and you know, I think what, the people, what people forget is it's still got to be strategic, right? And yes. you have to look at it, again, not as a technique or a plug-and-play, but how are you building trust? So webinars yes. are great. Webinars work for a lot of our clients. Oh, and our webinars are wonderful. Yeah, and they do one every month. I think last month they had one, um, a gentleman that um, was an expert on the on the veterans. Hmm. Um, yeah, it was really good, and and a lot of people um, logged on to it. So and and I'm gonna probably put on um, a LinkedIn what what this month is too. So I and. I think it's um, a gentleman that knows some things about um, marketing on Google. You know, it's sure. it's always, always very educational, inspirational. And that's the beautiful part of being a part of a company like I am. I have so much material to use and I'm excited about it. See, I love that, you know, because like mm-hmm. you said, it, it's educational, it's inspirational. And again, yes. if someone else out there just goes up and throws up a webinar about veterans, it's not going to have the same response because foundations are covering that right. built up trust for quality, great content. And yes. then when you go to that content and I watch that webinar and I see how good it is, that makes me want to call your center for help, right? But right. if you just have some random person that doesn't know what they're talking about, give a webinar, it's not going to do anything for your center. So always going back to that trust piece. And That's the more, it. That's it. The more There's my, I have a great coach at, uh, at Foundations Recovery Network, and she's been really helpful to me since I started with it. And she said, what is, what is your why? You know, mm-hmm. what is our right. why? Yep. And it goes back to, and, and I don't know all the details of our history, because like I said, I've, you know, been taught and I've read upon it. But we, when, when our company started, it was in, in the nine, 1990s, and it was a, a nonprofit. It was an eight Fed all-male facility nonprofit because the founder had dual diagnosis issues. Hmm. And I mean, it was just, it was really, truly started just to help. And um, it's built that trust over the years and they really try to keep that going. They do keep that going. They don't try, they keep that going. And I'm, I'm happy to be a part of it. That's awesome. Honored. Mm-hmm. I wanted to mention real quick because um, we were talking about personalization and trust and like we see it all the time when we run campaigns that have the center staff or the center alumni, you know, that are yes. actually part of those videos or part of those messages. The response is huge. You'll see messaging, you know, inquiries into the center come in for a dollar and 50 cents on some of these campaigns. Whereas if you yeah. push it out as like a general generic message of like we do recovery and we help people and there's some random stock photo up there, you know, you'll see a 10 times higher cost per inquiry um, just because wow. it's not personal, you know. And so the more yeah. you get your team involved, alumni involved, experts that connected to you involved, um, the more people are going to trust you. Absolutely. Well, th- and thank you for saying that because we have something called a life challenge. Our alumni can be, in, you know, be involved for a lifetime. It's not just for a few years or a year or they don't call you just 60, 90 days it's it's for a lifetime it says what you know what what happens to the individual after treatment because really the real work starts then right and yeah so they they have them involved forever if if they want to be and it's really 
great to see that that life challenge. I mean, that's huge because uh, obviously that's one of know. our best pieces too. Sure. I mean, we know that people need long-term care, right? You know, 28-day program, even a 45-day program is not going to be enough for a lot of people. So that lifetime option, I think, is amazing. Oh, it's, it is. And there's no cost to them. Um, and, you know, they can be involved forever. It's, it's very powerful, I feel. So one of the things I like that you're saying is that, that you use a lot of the content that Foundations Network provides, which is awesome. I do. Because it's got to be connected. You know, I mean, so many centers just create content randomly out there. They've got blogs that no one ever looks at. But if you actually go and say, okay, well, what questions do our potential clients have, right? Or what problems are they facing? Can we create content that helps that? And then do we connect it to a business development team so that they're promoting that in the right situations? Um, so is there a system where you can kind of access all the different content, you know, by categories? Or how does it work, you know, for you guys? Well, um, I, you know, our, our websites are so amazing. I mean, because on every one of the websites, it shows like the heroes in recovery. Like even if you just go on and you're looking up one of the centers, our corporate office is so amazing. They can see what you're look, what, what anybody's looking at in mm -hmm. real time. Sure. They have a, a really great marketing department and it's a department. There's, you know, there's business development and then there's marketing. They're really two different things. Like sometimes we go by the name marketers, mm -hmm. but we're really not marketers. We are business development and we have a marketing department and it, and I saw this marketing department and it's really impressive how they do this. And, you know, so at any given time, you can go on any of our sites and see the heroes in recovery. They even have published a book, a child, uh, a child, a children's book, a, a pirate's book, huh. and um, a couple of our BDs actually wrote the book. That's awesome. You can see the life challenges. You can see any of the conferences that are being offered. You can see the podcast. Like all of it's there on foundationsrecoverynetwork.com and. I know it's just, it really is amazing. And like I said, the, the whole department with the numerous people can see in real time who's looking and any questions that are being asked, you can always have a, a live person to chat with. It's very, it's very impressive. Very cool. Sounds like they're using their mm -hmm. data well, which is, you know, the second they piece are. of good marketing. <laughs> yeah, put yeah. stuff out there, but you got to see what yeah. works. You got to track True it, right? marketing, different yep. than business development. Two, mm -hmm. different, two different arenas, yes. Uh, so, you know, you're very new to this role in Southern Florida, but you've done a number of business development roles. How long do you feel it usually takes you to kind of get up and running, um, build the relationships so that you're actually, you know, effective in the role? Well, I am from South Florida, so I've lived here all my life. Um, so I'm not new to this role in this area. I'm just mm -hmm. new at this company. So when I worked for the other companies, I did live here. However, I did not have all of Florida. So this being open, um, the whole state of Florida is new to me. However, it's a challenge I'm really excited about. So um, I think, what was your question? What am I doing differently or? Uh, how long does it take you to get up and running? So a lot of centers, when you get first up start and a role, you know, they'll, they'll be like, you know, you'll be in month one or month two. And they'll be like, well, how many referrals have you brought in? You know, but yeah. the reality is it takes you know longer. The, <laughs> yeah. The beautiful part about this company is they're not acting like that. Mm. And there are some companies that I, I believe do, but the, the thing that's 
happening now is they really are investing time and money into me. Mm-hmm. They're letting me go see the facilities. They're they're it's more of a long term. Sure. So uh, yeah, so I'm you know I'm I'm thinking anybody that really wants a true business development representative for their company, they're going to give them the, the opportunity to be trained, to learn, and to get ramped up. You know, I, I unfortunately hear stories about people that go to companies and they're like, how many people can you bring me mm-hmm. in an interview? Mm-hmm. And that's not really a company I want to work for. Yeah. You know, that's just, that's, that's not a long-term goal. That's not something that I want to hear the first five minutes of an interview because I'm not, I'm not going to save a company. I'm there to um, enhance a company and, and, and develop the business. But there is, you know, sometimes, it does take time depending on how I'm going to be developing. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Very important. Sometimes it does. Yeah. It takes time. Mm-hmm. You know, um, I mean, we were just talking with Drew Rothamal uh, last week, two weeks ago. And he was saying, I love like, Drew. He's, yes. He's, he's awesome. amazing. He's amazing. He really is. He's Great like, guy. You know, it takes 18 months. He's like 18 months to get a business development, you know, up and running a lot of the time. Um, which, you know, I would say it takes at least a year to really start seeing a return on that investment. Sure. And, you've and if be... you've got a company that's going, how many can you bring me in the right. first five minutes of an interview? That's a really red flag. Yeah. Yeah. It mm-hmm. is because you've got to be careful also, even from kind of a, a management or an ownership standpoint is if you're constantly pressuring your business development staff just for the numbers, then uh-huh. they're going to maybe do whatever it takes and do some things that right. you don't want that's, them doing. That's exactly what yeah. I was thinking. The desperation yep. comes in, and we've mm-hmm. seen some of the results of the desperation right. in Florida. Thank goodness that that has shifted, and it's changing. I'm grateful for the changes. It's wonderful. That, you know, We are a leader in change down here in Florida. Um, but, yeah, I don't I – don't, want to be desperate and I won't be desperate. And if I have to go to work at McDonald's, um, I'll do it. You know, I've taken humble jobs before and there's nothing that will ever have me compromise my principles and values um, to do something like that. It's great. And it's really important that directors and hiring managers and things understand that, you know, because if they don't, then they don't really understand how to motivate their team or what motivates their team um, to get results or you attract the wrong people. You attract the people that are going to do patient brokering, you know, and not tell you about it. I was just talking to a CMO that took over for uh, just what she took over the past month and a half here. And she's like, I walked in and she's like, as I started digging into everything, I found out that all these, you know, shady practices were happening and nobody was checking up or nobody was saying anything because the pressure was all in the numbers. And so, you know, yeah. she's like, now we've got all this liability and all these legal issues that I'm trying to clean up. She's like, it's an absolute mess. She's like, I don't even think I want to work here. Um, right. So, you know, it, there's so much that comes. You have to balance it. Obviously, you need the numbers to make the business, to make the revenue and to help more people. That's sure. The goal. There's nothing wrong with, with right. making money for a business because the more money you make, the more people you can help. Yep. But there is a balance, like you said. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And so I'm glad that you brought that up. Um, yes. Okay. So outreach strategies, you talked a little bit about doing things differently. You know, we talked about kind of trying some different methods, you know, some things I've 
recommended a lot to our centers is stop trying to go for the same old people, you know, criminal attorneys, therapists, other treatment centers, you know, think outside the box, you know, can you target athletic directors? Can you target, you know, not just unions, everyone tries to target unions, but, you know, specifically teachers or specifically, you know, policemen and become specialists in those areas. Absolutely. Become experts. Yes. And that's one thing that is, is really, I think separates the, uh, men from the boys, the girls mm-hmm. from the women, however you want to say it. It's the ones that really make it are the ones that earn the trust, yeah. the ones that really learn their programs and become experts. Someone gave me great advice. They said, learn each of your programs intimately. And the beautiful part is I get to learn each of these programs intimately. And, and, and I can go in with confidence. Yeah. And I'm still in a learning process. Like I'm, I'm still in a training and, it, and I'm two months in. Sure. So that's why if I said anything incorrectly, you know, please forgive me because I do not ever want to make this company look bad because it is one of the best, best companies I have ever worked for. And I am so in gratitude. Let me tell you, I've thanked I've thanked God every day for bringing me into this position. I am humbled every day since I've started. Well, I'm, I'm really glad you found such a, a role you're happy with because um, it is it's it's yeah. important, I think, for people. But it's also sometimes a, a challenge in this field. So <laughs> good. Yes. Um, oh, so this is kind of a question you might not have an answer to, but always something I'm curious about with business development. You know, most centers organize okay. their business development team by region. Uh, so it's by state yeah. or by location. You know, do you have any opinions on if that's a good idea or would there be other organizational structures you think that might work? I think it's a great idea. Yeah. Um, I know that I'm even tackling this area, even though I don't have like, I'm not over teams, but I do, I'm even tackling this by region. It seems to be that that is a very promising way to, Mm. to handle the development. Yes. I'm even tackling Florida by region and, and the consistency piece too is, is very helpful. You know, going back to the same place, the same time, seeing the same folks and, you know, that, that also builds trust. Yeah. yeah, it's interesting. Mm-hmm. I always, I'm trying to find a center that does it differently. I haven't yet, but you know, I think you could organize by, for example, um, focus. So maybe someone just focuses on veterans organizations, or someone just does universities across the U.S. And just wonder well, there is a lot of like collegiate recovery. Mm. There's, um, you know, there's some places in the Midwest that are doing that. There's, um. You know, there are different, like, life of purposes into, like, the collegiate recovery. So there there are some great different niches. Um, when you have a niche, you can develop differently. Right. Yep. Um, but, but for, you know, but for me, as far as what's going to work for me, since I am developing and I'm in Florida and I'm sending out of Florida, it's tackling it by region is going to be what works for me, I feel, because I don't want to just stay in South Florida, although most of my contacts are here. I feel like going out and getting to know folks over in that Tampa Bay area because there's some really nice people over there. Mm. Going into the Central Florida area, which is a, I did used to uh, do that a little bit, yeah. and I haven't even ventured up into the north part yet, so I'm excited to see what doors that opens for me. Sure. Yeah, Tampa's a really good mm-hmm. area. A lot of good people out there. I don't know why. Such good people a, over there, yeah. Yeah, if it's just the way the culture developed or what, but really good centers. You know, I haven't talked to, I don't think I've, 
well, maybe one, <laughs> but centers that, you know, I don't think are doing it right. Almost all of them are up in that area. Orlando, yeah, I think I've always really. found tough just because it's mainly a tourist industry. And so no one provides insurance to any of their staff, right. <laughs> unfortunately. Uh, um, but yeah, so yeah, it's good. I, I'll be interested to kind of stay in touch and, and hear about the journey. And yes, please do. Thank you so much. I really am grateful that you, um, reached out to me and allowed me to um, to speak to you. Yeah, absolutely. It was great having you on, Lisa. So any final thoughts or um, anything you want to mention in terms of like how people can get in touch with you or Foundations Recovery Network? Yes, I appreciate it. Yes, and I did. Um, I have a, a, a local cell number, and anybody can always reach out to me. That is uh, 407-461-3405. And if they want to get in touch with somebody for immediate help, I have a, an 800 line. It's 855-275-8744 or it's foundationsrecoverynetwork.com. And like I said, you can always go on there and see the Heroes in Recovery, the podcast, the webinar announcements. And, and I even put out, um, not me, but our marketing department puts out um, newsletters every month. And they let us as business development reps put our own personal notes. So a lot of my folks that I work with get to have a newsletter every month too. So yeah, it's, it's just, it's getting done um, very correctly and it's really exciting. Awesome. Well, thanks so much again for coming on the show uh, for everyone out Thank there. Thank you. You're Appreciate welcome. it so much. No problem. Uh, this is, again, the Recovery Executive Podcast. I'm your host, Nick Jaworski. The Recovery Executive Podcast is brought to you by Circle Social Inc. They are experts in growth and scalable business solutions for addiction treatment centers across the U.S. and the U.K. You can always find out more information about them at circlesocialinc.com. And the Recovery Executive Podcast is available to stream live or download on Stitcher, TuneIn, iTunes, or basically anywhere that podcasts are found. We thank you so much for listening, and we look forward to connecting with you next time.